Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because it's super relevant to where I'm at in planning for my postpartum, which is something I have never done before. So I'm really excited to bring on my friend Monique Morgan, and we talk about postpartum planning, what that looks like, what a holistic approach is to postpartum. And it truly is a beautiful conversation. So I'm really excited for you to listen in. Monique Morgan, after becoming a mother, she gained immense appreciation towards how powerful and strong the woman's body is. Having two positive and natural birth experiences, one in the hospital, one at home, she learned the strength it takes to trust herself and her body. Following her birth, she developed an obsession with the entire birthing process, which naturally unfolded into her desire to help women feel warm and nurtured and supported through labor, birth, and postpartum. Now, Monique is a home birth doula, walking with women as they experience pregnancy, birth, and beyond. And she's just a beautiful person, and I loved our conversation. So let's hop into the show. This is a different kind of podcast. I'm a different kind of nurse and a different kind of doula. Hey there, my name is Alan McLean and I wanna welcome you to the Empowered Birth Podcast. My mission here is to encourage you to strive for the best birth experience possible. Knowing full well birth is unpredictable, but also knowing that you are powerful and you are able to make the best decisions for you. You're going to get information you won't hear in your basic childbirth education class, as well as stories of women and birth professionals who are stepping into their power and birthing their way. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your journey from pregnancy to postpartum. This podcast is for the woman who is wanting a natural childbirth, but feeling unsure in her ability to. She doesn't know her options and she's feeling overwhelmed, looking for a guide. Is this you? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hi, Monique. Thank you for joining me today for this episode. I'm really excited. This is a topic I've been meaning to dive deeper into as it is becoming more and more relevant to me as I'm going to be having a baby really soon. And I know that this is going to be helpful for a lot of women. So the topic that we're talking about today is postpartum care and planning for that and what that looks like and who could benefit from it. So I'm really excited. But to start off, I know there are a lot of women out there who have never even considered having anybody come into their home after having a baby to support them. So for those women out there who have no idea what this is, like what that even looks like, what the benefits are, would you just quickly explain what is postpartum care? Yes. So postpartum care is pretty individual to each woman. I mean, for some, it could look like emotional support. For somebody else, it could look like watching the kids so mommy can focus on breastfeeding, focus on skin to skin, take a shower by herself. For someone else, it could be bringing in nutritious meals so she doesn't have to worry about cooking. For some, it could be cleaning the house or doing laundry, but I feel like it's very individual. 
and not every woman is going to need the same type of care. So if you are looking to hire someone for postpartum care, I think sitting down and kind of creating a plan ahead of time and thinking about the things that you might need is a really good place to start. I know for me personally, I tried to do the 555, Mm -hmm. um, which is five days in bed, five days on bed and five days around the bed. It was really hard to do. (laughs) We're not used to that. I know. Yeah, I'm very go, go, go. But I was very determined and I think I made it, I made it 10 days. I made it 10 days in the bed and then I did end up like going down just into the living room. But even those 10 days just like focused on staying in my bed, staying in my room, breastfeeding, naked, skin to skin, having people bring me meals. Um, not worrying about housework. We didn't have honestly very many visitors, which is what I wanted for mine. But like I said, it can be very individualized. It really just depends on the mother and the family and what feels right for you. Yeah, man, thinking back to my own postpartum time, I've actually never had a postpartum like doula come in. So never professional. I did have my mom come and some family help. But just even thinking about my two very, very different postpartum experiences, I can imagine how important planning is. And because I think after you have a baby, you have no idea what you want. (laughs) Like you just want to lay around and do nothing and snuggle your baby. And being a first time mom, I don't think I had any idea the importance of being alone and establishing that bond and that breastfeeding time. So what would birth or postpartum planning look like? There's a lot of resources online nowadays, but I guess for me, like the first thing that came to mind was just kind of creating a list of the things where you feel like you could be supported or held in your postpartum. What things right now do you do that I don't know, could cause you stress or take up a lot of time or a lot of energy? And in what ways could you minimize those things and have someone else do them for you? So, I mean, that could look like preparing nutritious meals ahead of time. If you wanted to meal prep or if you wanted to hire someone to make meals for you or do like a meal train, that's a wonderful way to support someone in the postpartum. I think another really important thing that someone could do is set boundaries. And I think setting boundaries is really, it can be a really difficult and hard thing to do, especially when the baby is born and everybody wants to see baby. Everyone wants to hold the baby and look at the baby and like the mom is kind of forgotten. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a sacred time. And now is the time to set those boundaries and it's okay to tell people no. And it's okay to say, no, I'm bonding with my baby. I'm bonding with my family. We're not having visitors. I really want this time to be sacred and I want this time to be special. Um, And that can be, I mean, like I said, a really difficult and challenging thing to do, especially if you have a lot of family and friends in town that really just want to come in. Um, If you are wanting people to come into your home and to show off your new baby, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, I think a really good way that you could incorporate that is something like if someone comes in to visit you and visit baby and see the family, then before they leave, they could do a little chore and you could like have Mm -hmm. a chore list set up, like sweep the house before you leave or 
do the dishes before you leave. And it's kind of just a way to, I don't want to say give and take, but help support this new family while also, I guess, showing off your baby and yeah. <laughs> your family if that's what you're wanting to do. And so many people want to help mom, but they right. just don't know what to do. So by setting these boundaries, which by the way, usually get stricter and stricter with every child you have. I so, so I can already tell, like with my third, I have a bunch of boundaries that I'm already thinking about mm-hmm. establishing before having anybody come over, but it's so true. There's so many people who want to help mom and just don't know how. So these boundaries are actually really helpful for people visiting because they're going to feel included and, you know, like they're doing something to help you. And instead of forgetting about you, which again, like you said, so many people just forget about mom and, you know, ooh and ah over baby. And that can really stink. But and so many, I was talking to a mom friend today and we were just talking about our postpartum times and how the difference is like me being an introvert, I'm going to want different things in the postpartum time than my extrovert friend, you know, is needing. So it is so individualized and we can tailor it to best support you. So when you think about postpartum care and serving women in that capacity, is there any benefits or what are the major benefits, I guess, because there are obviously benefits, but what are the major ones that come to your mind when you think about postpartum care? I mean, the first thing is your mental health. I mean, your mental health is such a huge thing Mm -hmm. and and you're creating a bond, right? With, with this new life that has just entered. And there are so many pieces to help nurture and facilitate and and grow this relationship. And when new mom has to do the dishes and drive carpool and do the laundry and make meals for her other children and her family, like that's a lot. Like when is she gonna have time to, to heal her body mm-hmm. and to create this bond that is necessary for, for breastfeeding and for their relationship? So mental health, I think, is a big thing. If, if more women felt supported and held during their postpartum, I feel like there could be fewer cases of postpartum depression mm-hmm. and postpartum anxiety, and more women would feel encouraged and uplifted and honored and supported and, and a part of a village or a community and less mm-hmm. shunned away or, you know. Yeah, I feel like that the community aspect of postpartum care is so important. We use this around each other as, you know, a village of women supporting this mom with meals and, you know, taking the kids. And this is just a normal part of how we took care of each other. And that's mm-hmm. in our culture. That's just not how it is these days. Um, but I can imagine, I mean, if I would have had postpartum care with my first, I do feel like the postpartum depression would have been a lot more manageable or I didn't even admit it to myself until a year after having the baby, you know, and having somebody come in and be like, you know, you're not really like acting like you should during this time, you know, and kind of noticing some things. Um, When you serve women enough in that capacity, you win somebody is struggling. And so I think that too is like 
calling that out. If somebody would have called that out in me way earlier on, who knows the difference in the bond and the connection and the relationship I would have with my daughter today. So it matters. Um, And I love that you brought up that mental health part. There are so many women who have this fear of tearing. And I don't know exactly where the fear comes in. It's never been a huge fear of mine. I've never even really gave it a second thought. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but I do know it's there and it's a very real thing. And I've talked to so many women about it. And I think part of the reason why it wasn't much of a fear of mine is because I know that there's like, that's, this is how our body is made and we are made to tear and heal and repair. And there's so many things that we can do during this postpartum time to support our perineum, to get back, to heal the way it was designed to heal. So are there certain things that you can think of or ways to support a woman's body so that process can be a lot smoother when it comes to that? Like if she did tear or ways to prevent tear. Okay. If a mom has a tear during birth, I mean, my biggest piece of advice is taking it easy. I mean, your body, like you said, knows what it's doing. We are designed, you know, to be pretty resilient and birth is very natural. (laughs) So I think that we, we are able to heal from that. Another way to support tearing during birth, in my opinion, would be yoni steaming. And that is... Do you want me to go into yoni? Yes, please, because <laughs> I know I didn't have any idea even what a yoni was yeah. <laughs> for a, a long time. So yes, please explain what that is, because okay. I'm sure there's women out here who are like, what the heck is a yoni and why are we steaming it? <laughs> okay, so I, what's funny is I, well, this isn't funny, I guess, but after my birth with Vivian, so Two years ago, I yoni steamed for the first time during my postpartum, and I didn't know what it was or what it was called. And it felt really nice, (laughs) but I only had like two days worth of herbs. I only did it twice, and then I focused more on like herbal baths. But what yoni steaming is, it's also called bee steaming or vaginal steaming or sacral steaming. And it's an ancient healing remedy that has been used for centuries to support the reproductive system and your yoni health. Yoni meaning vagina, anus, everything in that realm. And yoni steaming can be used to support or help painful and irregular periods, pH imbalances, stress, depression, hemorrhoids, infection, when used for the postpartum, it's typically used for 30 days straight postpartum. And you don't start that until the heavy bleeding has subsided. So that can depend on each woman. It could be day three, day five, day seven. Um, honestly, you really kind of use your intuition in that area um, on when you want to begin yoni steaming. But yoni steaming during the postpartum promotes healing and recovery. It can lower blood pressure, uterine tone, bleeding, suture or labia discomfort, bowel regulation, and it also adds warmth back into your body because as we know, you your blood volume grows during pregnancy mm-hmm. and then at birth, you lose all of that blood, all of that warmth. And so another way to nurture your body after birth is putting warmth back in 
through nutrition mm -hmm. um, is the, the one way that we know. But uh, yoni steaming is another way. That steam direct or that herb directed steam, just entering your yoni, entering your body is a great way to kind of warm your body, warm your soul. Yeah. So that's yoni steaming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so interesting. So what type yeah. of herbs are you using? How does this even work? Like, can you explain how somebody can figure out how to do this steam? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yoni steaming can be used with, I mean, you get to choose the herbs that you want to use. And each herb has different benefits for the body. There are herbs that are drying, there are, there are herbs that are warming or cooling. So I would do a little research on, on the herbs themselves. But if someone were to want to just try yoni steaming for the first time, honestly, you could just open your cupboard and grab a tea bag mm. and put it into like a few cups of water, bring it to a boil. And then once it's steaming, you turn that heat off or turn it down because yoni steaming should never be uncomfortable. It should never hurt. It's, it's just warm and relaxing. And so if it's ever uncomfortable, you stand up or you move. But depending on the herbs that you use, they can uh, provide different, different benefits. Let's see. I kind of forgot your, your question. Yeah. Um, just the type of herbs. And I guess if you want to look up how to do it, I guess there's yoni steaming like boxes and right. Is that yeah, how yeah. you. Okay. So there's different tools that you can use. So I have a yoni steaming chair and I made my own chair, but you don't have to have a yoni steam chair. You honestly, so there's a few different ways you can use a glass or a ceramic bowl, never use plastic because plastic and the heat, you kind of are emitting those fumes from the plastic. Mm -hmm. You don't want that going into your yoni at all. Um, so what you would do is you would take a glass or ceramic bowl, uh, fill it up with boiling water, and then you add three tablespoons, roughly three tablespoons of whatever herbs that you are wanting. So for my postpartum yoni steaming blend that I make myself, I use yarrow, rose, sage, mugwort, and oat straw. And those herbs put together are useful for strengthening the uterus, promoting healing, decreasing inflammation, building the blood while also decreasing lochia and postpartum bleeding. So essentially it would shorten the amount of the bleeding and lochia that you experience during your postpartum, reduce swelling in your perineum and just provide a lot more comfort. And so you would add three tablespoons of those herbs and you can sit from anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour, honestly, whatever you're comfortable with. I use a, a hot plate when I steam and that just keeps the steam constant. I personally like constant steam, but many women do not. So they would fill up that bowl with steaming water. And then once the steam subsides, then you can, you can finish steaming. Gotcha. Man, so interesting to me. Again, I'm like, this is pretty new to me. So it's so good to learn about. I did the herbal bass postpartum, yeah, which I found super, super helpful. So I can only imagine if you're doing it consistently for that 30 day period, how helpful that would be. Uh, so for women listening and they're like, why would I want postpartum care? <laughs> you know, or is this something I should consider? I guess what type of women 
like hire a postpartum doula or who needs this support? Yeah. I guess who needs this? I honestly think that everyone can benefit from it. And I know that not everyone can hire somebody because depending on who you hire, I mean, I, it might be out of your price range to hire mm-hmm. a postpartum doula, but I do feel like everyone can benefit from that. And it depends on the person. I mean, some people have such a large family, right? Such a, a huge family dynamic with mothers and grandmothers and wise women who can come in and naturally kind of help support people, friends even. But a lot of people don't have that. I personally, I have my mother-in-law and that's it other than my friends. But I mean, my family dynamic is very small. And for me, I never hired a postpartum doula and I really wish that I would have because I would have felt so much more supported. And I think in the future, I would definitely hire a postpartum doula. I feel like having that support would just, I don't know, be so beneficial to, to me and my mental health and, and my mm-hmm. healing process. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I think anyone. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> you live and you learn. I feel like most people who hire someone professionally to come in are either like a second or third time mom where they've been through their first experience and they're like, wow, I feel like I was not supported at all. I had no idea what I was doing. I really wish I would have had someone come in because that, I mean, that was me and so many other women that I've talked to. But for those people who do have a large family support, people willing to come in and help, is there any postpartum plan that they could come up with? Or what would that look like to kind of help guide someone who's not necessarily a professional, but give them an idea of how they could serve and support this mom um, in that 30-day period? Yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's very individual. And so for me, I would just want to sit down and kind of create a list of different ways that I can feel supported. So, I mean, creating nests around your home could be really beneficial. Um, What I mean by that is, If you are planning to breastfeed, then have a little basket in your bedroom with breastfeeding supplies, right? In in the terms of like maybe a haka or extra washcloths or nipple cream, um, snacks for you to eat, water for you to drink, a book for you to read, just kind of some self-care stuff right next to the bed so you don't have to get up and you can sit there in your designated area and focus on breastfeeding and bonding. And then if you want another little nest kind of in the bathroom where you can focus on your perineum and your your little bottle and anything that you might need for self-care in the restroom, creating those little nests throughout your house that are already kind of made up is I think a really great way to support somebody so mom isn't running around the house trying to find this or that. And then I mean, I think the biggest thing is, I don't know, adjusting your expectations, I think, at least for me personally. With my first pregnancy and birth, I had this expectation, you know, of being super mom. And like, I grew up doing everything myself and asking for help was just not something that I could do. And I carried that into motherhood and I learned not as quickly as I wish I would have learned, but I learned that like motherhood cannot 
I mean, it's lonely. It can be very lonely if you don't ask for help. And lowering my expectations or not having these such high demand expectations of me to have the perfect house, upkept, clean house, and like breastfeeding success and, and being able to do everything myself was just really unrealistic. And I think I set myself up for failure by expecting that I could do all of these things. Taming my inner critic would have been another one. So it's easy to be hard on yourself, right? If you're not meeting these expectations that you set for yourself to be this super woman and the super mom. And I think it takes a lot of unlearning and a lot of time to like step back and realize that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to be supported. And the fact that you just gave birth is monumental. It's huge. And I don't know, it's okay to rest, you know, and take care of yourself. Yeah, we have to get over the bounce back idea right? Um, that is so prevalent in today's world is no, like you said, birth is monumental. What you just went through is so huge and you don't have to do it all. Like uh, so many moms that I've supported over the, the years, you know, I've had to <laughs> like really encourage them. You don't like, don't get out of bed. Like stay on the couch, let people take care of you. You don't have to be running around taking care of your two other little ones. Like not right now. It's a good time to ask for help and we need to get better at that. So me included, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I am asking for help more this time. So, and again, I think that just comes with each baby. You learn something new and just get a little bit more experience and yeah, realize what you wish you would have last time. So man, is there any last words that you would leave with any moms today? Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest thing that I can think of really is when I was pregnant with my first, I didn't even think about the postpartum just Mm -hmm. wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because society is such has cultivated right this language of you know the baby the baby which it's an exciting and it's an amazing thing to to have a baby but the mom is forgotten you know and so I didn't even think about postpartum I was like I knew what postpartum depression was but I didn't I was like that's never gonna happen to me that's crazy you know like I can just do it all I'll be fine and then I have a similar story to you I didn't even accept that I had postpartum depression until 18 months postpartum Mm. So I was living through, you know, with postpartum depression and anxiety for 18 months, which is insane. Like, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. And so my biggest piece of advice for especially those new mamas, you know, those first time moms is think about the postpartum Mm -hmm. and think about what you want. It's okay if you don't have the answers, right? Because it's going to be hard to know what exactly you need. But I think if you were to sit down and kind of just dream about your perfect postpartum, whether that's, you know, staying in the house for five days or staying in the house for 10 or 15 or 30 or 40 or, you know, having people bring you meals and um, preparing meals ahead of time and just kind of just creating this big old wish list, you know, in the same sense that you would create a birth plan if you were birthing in a hospital, right? So like, Just create this big open plan and then share it with people, share it with your spouse or your partner and share it with your family so that everybody knows, you know, that your care and your health and your postpartum matter to you. And I think if you can, 
I don't know, take a stand and and start the steps ahead of time, I think it's just going to lead to a way more successful and beautiful postpartum. Oh, I agree. That's so beautiful. And it makes me want to just sit down and plan. Oh, and I know like with my second, like the postpartum time was so beautiful and I really gave myself so much space to rest and heal. And my husband did so much. He did so much around the house. And I think that's another reason why I'm like, I'm totally hiring a postpartum doula this time (laughs) because that it will give him space to, you know, be close and not have over abundance of responsibility when it comes to, you know, cleaning and cooking and taking care of the kids. And it can be shared in that way. So he can also enjoy the postpartum period as well. So yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this is such a helpful and practical episode. So I hope any mom listening out there will be just encouraged to know that you do have more control over this postpartum period than you think. And that planning really is beneficial, that there is help out there that you don't have to go through this alone and that it matters. It matters the time you get to spend in this postpartum time. So thank you again so much for coming on and sharing your heart and your knowledge and your wisdom. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. If you haven't yet, would you scroll down and click leave a review? It's so helpful in bringing more of these amazing guests onto the show. I so appreciate you listening. And if you are ready to plan your birth and your postpartum, or if you have different fears that you want to work through, or you just have overall questions about birth and you just would really like someone to listen and help you walk alongside of you in this journey, then a birth planning session would be right up your alley. So if you want to look more into this, go to bit.ly slash birth prep session, and you can check out more information there. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered mamas tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the empowered birth podcast. Mm -hmm.